Welcome to the Gregory Digout Podcast. Welcome to Life Changers International Church, our global family. And I'm going to pray for you at the end of this service, but I'm going to pray for a supernatural breakthrough in your life. Who's ready for a breakthrough? Because if you're like me, you're ready. You want one. You need one. Just about everyone I know needs a breakthrough of some kind, uh, a moving forward an advancing, a breaking through barriers uh, or some stubborn resistance, whether it's physical, whether it's financial, whether it's in some a matter with your loved ones, an addiction, a mindset some sort of uh, family situation, whatever it is, there are walls standing before us that have kept us from entering into all that God has for us. And there are some who've been waiting a long time for their breakthrough. But what you're about to hear today, what I want to share with you, I believe is going to catapult you into the breakthrough that you're believing for. And every breakthrough in this world comes through a discovery. Whenever you discover something, it leads to a breakthrough. So when we discover God's grace, when we discover God's righteousness, it leads to a breakthrough in our in our sense of who we are in Christ. But there's also a breakthrough that comes when we discover what we already have and the treasure that is already inside of us. I like to call this teaching the treasure in you. And I like to ask, I like to ask the question, what do you have in your house? We can ask that question both of our own lives and we can ask that question of us corporately as a church family as well. But about 10 years ago, there was a Santa Fe resident named Forrest Fenn who hid a treasure chest somewhere in New Mexico after stocking it up with coins and diamonds and sapphires and rubies and gold nuggets. And all of this was from his personal collection. And the only clues to the whereabouts of this treasure of this treasure came in a book that he wrote called The Thrill of the Chase that he himself published in 2010. Since then, treasure hunters have combed his entire state in search of Fenn's prize and in search of the treasure that he buried. Um, And he said that some have come close, but no one had found it yet, at least at the time that I was reading about this article. And um, speaking to Albuquerque's news, he estimated that 30,000 people had come in one summer and another 50,000 would come the next summer. And there's a poem with nine clues that indicate where that treasure is. And they're all written and hidden in the book. Well, I have something better to tell you, because that sounds like a search that's going to have no end. And nobody's going to find Mr. Uh, Forrest Fenn's treasure. He hid it so well. And who knows how many people actually read his book. But, you know, we have something better, you and me. We don't have to read a poem to figure out where the treasure is. In fact, we just need to read our Bible in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 7. It says there's a treasure inside of us. In Isaiah 45, it says, and I will give you treasures hidden in the darkness, secret riches. He said, I will do this so that you may know that I am the Lord, the the God of Israel, the one who calls you by name. That's why I want to take you to a passage of scripture in 2 Kings chapter 4 where a woman whose husband has died in this passage, the creditors have come to take her sons as slaves for payment for the debts that her husband owed. 
she cries out to the prophet Elisha in 2 Kings chapter 4, and she cries out for his help, and his response becomes legendary because he asks her, he answers her question by asking this question. What do you want me to do for you? And what do you have in your house? What do you want me to do for you? And what do you have in your house? In other words, this prophet was speaking by the Spirit of God, pointing her to her own house. What you need is already in your house. What we need as a church is already in our house. What you need as a family is already in your house. What you need as an individual is already in your house. It's in your body, it's in your mind, it's in your spirit, or it's somewhere in your physical house. Sometimes we don't realize what we have. We don't use what we have when we're in a crisis. Listen, I wanna give you a new way of looking at a crisis at, or a problem in your life. A crisis or a problem in your life is not something to be worried about, it's a signal. It's a signal that there is an answer. It's a signal that there is a solution. It's a signal that there's, there's something in your life and there's something you have. Like when you have a crisis, it's nothing to be worried about. It's a signal that there is an answer in you. There is a treasure in you that you simply need to discover. There's a treasure available to you that you simply need to discover. So next time a crisis hits you, it may be hitting you right now, next time a problem hits you, realize that problem is simply a signal that you have an answer, a signal that you have what it takes, a signal that you have something in your house to solve this problem. And like this woman, there are multitudes of people like her that are widowed from their source of security. She was widowed from her husband, but many of us are widowed from a sense of security, uh, power, joy, financial freedom. We're cut off. Our livelihood is gone like this widow. Are you a widow today? Are you missing something today? Is something dead to you that God needs to awaken or God needs to provide? Consider how God provides for this woman. The prophet didn't start with something in heaven or something on earth somewhere. He started in her house. You know, we, we, we've all thought this at one time or another, that people are our answer. The right husband, the right job, the right president, the right government, that someone else was gonna bring us the answer. But the prophet is pointing her to her own house. So number one, if you want a breakthrough, and I believe you do, because I, I want one and I want you to experience it as well. The first key to the breakthrough is there has to be a shift of thinking. The first secret to your breakthrough is we have to shift our thinking. We, we're so used to focusing on, what, focusing on what we lack and her problem was all about, her problem in her mind was all about what she didn't have. And her problem was what she didn't have, but her solution was found in what she did have. So we have to, st we have to start shifting our thinking. Our problem is found in what we don't have but our solution to that problem is found in what we do have. So a proper inventory of what we do have will lead to the first key to your breakthrough. It's discovering what you already have. Um, 
There was uh, some of you maybe heard me tell this story of a father who, as he was dying on his deathbed, he gathered his two sons to him and whispered to him, the backyard, the backyard. He kept saying that while he was down the backyard, the backyard, because for years, the sons thought that their father had hidden a fortune of gold somewhere on the family property. So as soon as the funeral was over, well, maybe not right away or or maybe right away, the sons rushed home and began turning over every inch of soil of their 10 acre backyard and they found nothing but dirt. And guess what? They were disappointed and they were bitter. They regretted that they had worked so hard for no reward. And they believed that their father, they started believing negative things about their father, that their father had lied to them, that their father had misled them. Why would he do that? What, what was the lesson he was trying to teach them? And suddenly it dawned on the older brother. And he said, listen, since we have overturned this entire field of 10 acres, why don't we just plant some corn? And guess what? Four months later, those two brothers found their gold in the backyard in the form of a corn harvest. I know that might sound really corny, but <laughs> I think you can, you can understand the illustration there that should really encourage you that since you did all that, why don't you use what you have? You know, in every block of marble, Michelangelo said, I see a statue as plain as though it stood before me, shaped and perfect in attitude and in action. He said, I only have to cut away a few of the rough walls that imprison the lovely image to reveal to the other people what my eyes already see. You know, everyone, you know, of course, Michelangelo created the statue of David and everyone has a David inside of them and God is working on bringing it to pass. The treasure we mistakenly believe is something external, but the real treasure is inside of us. Andrew Carnegie became one of the wealthiest men in America year, decades ago, and he had in a time where being a, becoming a millionaire was very difficult to do, he had 43 millionaires who worked for his company at a company that would later become U.S. Steel. And a reporter once asked him and, and said, how did you assemble such a team of established over 40 millionaires that work for you? And Carnegie responded and he said, none of those men were wealthy when I hired them but they became millionaires as a result of their hard work, their faith in themselves, and supported by the faith Carnegie placed in them. He said, that they said, how did you train these men to become so valuable that you would pay them so much? And Carnegie said, the men are developed in the same way gold is found. Several tons of dirt has to be moved to find one ounce of gold from the ground. In the same way, we have to remove the layers from our lives that are hiding the treasures that are inside. So the first thing we have to realize is the treasures inside of us. The, the miracle that we need starts with what we already have. So the next thing that brought this woman her breakthrough in 2 Kings chapter 4 is he says to her in verse 3, um, go and get, she said, all I have is a jar of oil. And he said, go borrow vessels from your neighbors, empty vessels. 
And he said, don't gather just a few. He said, go get tons of them. Go get as many as you can borrow. What has to happen here is she has to elevate her expectations. She says, all I have is a jar of oil. I have one jar of oil. And he says, go to your neighbors and borrow as many jars as you can, empty vessels, empty jars. And he told her that her miracle was found in the jar of oil that she had if she would just elevate her expectations and go get empty jars and empty vessels. Listen, we have to get rid of small expectations if we want our breakthrough. We have to get rid of the just barely getting by mentality if we want our breakthrough. We have to elevate our expectations. We have to look up expecting to receive something from God. Elisha said to her, don't ask for just a few vessels. Don't ask for just a few. I think in our spiritual walk with Jesus, we, we sometimes settle for less than what he wants us to ask for. He wants to do above and beyond all that we can ask or think. He said, you ask it, you think it, but I'm gonna go above and beyond it. So we should be asking big and thinking big, and we should be expecting God to do even bigger. Now, I want you to see, he says, borrow empty vessels, lots of them and expect God to fill every empty thing you bring him. So start elevating your expectations. And then he says to her, get the, jar, get the jars, take your jar of oil, bring all the jars you can get from your neighbors and take, go into the room with your sons and shut the door. He said, one of the secrets to your breakthrough today is there some doors we need to shut. He said, shut the door and start pouring. Shut the door. Once you begin to follow God's way, don't turn back. Don't look for other ways. Shut the door to other options. When God says, this is the way, walk ye in it. Shut the door to other ways. Shut the door to the way you used to think. Shut the door to your unbelief. Jesus said in Matthew chapter six, when you pray, go into your inner room and shut your door and pray to your father who sees you in secret and he will reward you openly. He says, shut the door. There are some things that, there are some doors that need to be shut in our lives. The woman's, wow, this, this story just goes on and on. Shut the door to unbelief. Shut the door to the wrong people. Think about that. Shut the door to the wrong people. In Mark chapter five, verse 40, Jesus sent out from the room. He goes into the, to raise the little girl from the dead. And he said, she's not dead, she's sleeping. And they laughed at him and he pushed them all out of the room and he said, get out of here. And just took the parents and Peter, James and John into the room where the little girl, and he said to where the little girl was and shut the door, kicked them out and shut the door and said, little girl, I say to you arise. And she got up and he raised her from the dead. But what did he have to do? First, he had to eliminate the doubters. He had to eliminate the wrong people from the situation. Sometimes we need to shut the door to the people that are full of unbelief in our lives, full of doubting and skeptical and negative. We got to shut the door to those people. We have to shut the door also to needing attention. Sometimes God's greatest things that he wants to do in our lives is something that he does secretly. He, in Psalm 139 in verse 15, he says, in the depths of the earth, I have formed you in the secret place. You see, in 
there's a scripture in first Kings chapter six, verse seven. It says there was neither hammer nor axe nor any tool of iron heard in the house while the temple was being built. You know, it's just been discovered that there were quarries where the stones were made ready under the city and all the preparations were made in silence and secrecy down beneath the tread of busy life. That's when the great blocks were cut out and shaped and polished and fitted in place underneath the surface where nobody above could see it. It all happened. The building of the temple, it all happened underneath the surface, under underground. And then they lifted through, hoisted through shaft to the temple platform and lifted the pieces after the pieces had been carved and polished and fashioned perfectly for the temple. Then they hoisted them up and put them in their exact position. So all the preparations for your breakthrough are happening in silence. They're happening in the secret moments. They're happening in the secret place when you spend time with God, when nobody sees, when you shut the door to distractions. Sometimes we need to shut the door to our cell phones. We need to shut the door to the television. We need to shut the door to all of the voices that are out there that are trying to vie and fight for our attention. We need to shut the door to those noises and those distractions. Start shutting the door and you'll see that that's where your breakthrough happens. So he said, what do you have in your house? So what you need starts with what you already have. Then he said, elevate your expectations. Go borrow as many jars and empty vessels as you can. We got to elevate our expectation. And then he says, shut the door to some of these things. And then in verse four in or number four in verse uh, second Kings, chapter four, verse six, when all the jars were full, she said to her son, bring me another jar, bring me another empty vessel. And he replied, there's none left. And it says immediately the oil stopped flowing. So she had this one jar of oil and she kept pouring it into these empty jars. And as long as her sons brought her another jar, the, the one jar of oil that she had kept pouring. She kept pouring. So as as she kept pouring, the miracle kept flowing. When you pour yourself and how can I say this? I wish you would hear my heart when I say this, because so often we want something to be poured into us and we need that, too. We need we need the oil in our own lives. But when we pour ourselves into others, that's when miracles happen, when you start pouring into others. So the one vessel that she had represents her. And the other vessels, because we the Bible refers to us as vessels, we're vessels of God, we're jars of clay, as it's been said in scriptures. And so when we realize our jar might be might have oil in it, but we're going to run out if there's nobody else that we're pouring into. You see the miracle there that you never run out when you're pouring into other vessels, as long as there were empty vessels the oil kept flowing into the other containers as long as there were more vessels. In other words, when you're pouring into other people, when you're giving of yourself, when you're serving in God's house, when you're using your gifts, your talents, your treasures, your time, and when you're giving of yourself and pouring that into others, you'll always be replenished. You'll always have more than enough. God's power will always flow through your life. 
But when you stop using that power to serve others and you're only using it to serve yourself, you will run out. You see, God has created us to be like a river. If a river is only taking in water but has no outlet for it to go or a body of water is only taking in from a river, bringing it in, but it doesn't have another river taking it out. That body of water is eventually going to die. But if it always has new water coming in and water flowing out, that body of water will always stay clean. It will always stay pure. It will always stay healthy. And that's what I believe God wants for each of our lives. We'll always be healthy and we'll always be blessed and we'll always have an abundance when we're pouring into others. Boy, there's nothing like discovering oil like this woman did. As you keep pouring, you find more oil. Oil was what they needed at that time. Oil was for light or oil was for healing. Oil was for uh, for electricity. Well, power, if you will, like lighting lamps and oil was the best thing. It was used for cooking. It was used for cosmetics. It was used in so many ways. And what you need in your life is going to affect many other people. You're going to have something to give. This is what we need to realize and discover about ourselves, that every one of us has something to give. Every one of us has some oil. Every one of us has a treasure. Every one of us has a talent. Every one of us has a gift. Every one of us has an anointing. And so how are we going to find that? We got to we got to go for a treasure hunt. We have to find the treasures inside of us. And I can help you do that. In fact, I want to help you right now. Let me tell you some things that you you're carrying in first Corinthians chapter three. It says we're the temple of God. We're the vessel of God. You are where God lives. If I were God, I would not maybe live in you. I would not live in me if I were God. <laughs> I would if I were God, I'd live somewhere else. But he is he knows best and he chooses to live inside of you. Wow. And if he lives inside of you, guess what? You have access to everything he has. See, we have to discover what we have in Philemon, chapter one, verse six. It says that your faith becomes effectual through the acknowledgement of all that is already in you in Christ Jesus. It says your faith becomes effective. Your faith works by acknowledging what's already in you. This is how faith works. It removes negativity. It eliminates complaining. It eliminates excuse making. It prevents you from settling when you realize what's inside of you. Jesus took five barley loaves and two small fish and used it to feed thousands of people. David took a small stone from the brook to solve a giant problem, right? It's when we place our faith in the hands of God that we see his power. When our situation becomes desperate, God's power shines the brightest. Our great need is what God looks for. If you are sitting here today with a great pressing need, then this story is for you. Make a list of what you have in your house. I have a need, God. What do you have in your house? I have a great need, God. What do you have in your house? What do you have at your disposal? What do you have in your hands? It amazes me how so many single mothers who have children and she and they may be on a very tight budget, but they find a way to make their budget stretch. They find a way to make their groceries stretch. They find a way to make a few items last and go very far. We become very resourceful 
when we care about the people in our lives. I want you to become very resourceful. I want you to realize how much is inside of you, but you got to realize that God put it in there for you to share it with others. He doesn't just give you gifts to keep for yourself. He gives you gifts to share it with others. I heard somebody sell, say a, a bell is not a bell unless you ring it. A song is not a song unless you sing it. Love is not put in your heart just to stay. Love isn't love until you give it away. Do you think about that, that a bell is not a bell unless you ring it there. It's in the ringing of it. It's in the giving of it. It's in the doing of it. It's in the sharing of it. You are a house of power. You have so much power, but you got to let it flow through you by pouring into others. We together are a house of power. Our church is a house of power. We need to take inventory. What do you have in your house? What kind of power is within you? I can just give you a list, like I said, I would do for you. But listen, the kingdom of God is in you, according to Luke 17, 21. The Holy Spirit's in you, according to Romans 8, 11. Spiritual gifts are in you, according to first Corinthians, first Timothy, chapter four, verse 14. The, there's a treasure in you, according to second Corinthians four, verse six. There's faith inside of you. There's love inside of you, according to Romans chapter five, verse five, faith inside of you, according to second Timothy one, five joy inside of you in John chapter 17. You remember when the disciples said, Lord, increase our faith. Jesus didn't say, OK, here, I'll increase your faith. No, he said, you don't need me to increase your faith. All you need to do is take your faith as a mustard seed, plant the seed. We already have everything we'll ever need for God to do exceeding abundantly above and beyond all that we can ask or think. Our job is very simple. We need to discover what's inside of us, develop what's inside of us and distribute what's inside of us. Did you hear that? We need to discover what God has given us, develop what God's given us and distribute what God's given us. And then it keeps on pouring and it keeps on pouring. What else is in you? Christ is in you. Colossians 1:27. His very nature is in you. First John three, verse nine. Power, love and a sound mind is in you. Second Timothy, chapter one, verse seven. There's anointing inside of you, love inside of you, faith inside of you, gifts inside of you, Christ Jesus inside of you, the Holy Spirit inside of you, the kingdom of God inside of you. All these things are inside of you because his very nature is inside of you when you're born again. Well, I'd like to close with this story. It's a story of four people and the four people's names are everybody, somebody, anybody and nobody. There was an important job to be done and everybody was asked to do it, but everybody was sure somebody would do it and anybody could have done it, but nobody did it. <laughs> somebody got angry about that because it was everybody's job and everybody thought anybody could do it, but nobody realized that everybody wouldn't do it. And it ended up that everybody blamed somebody when nobody did what anybody could have done. The end. <laughs> be that somebody be the everybody. Don't push it off to somebody else. You know, as I close today, we're wrapping up our season called Heart for the House. And what is that? It's when we have a heart for God's house. 
God has a heart for our house. We need to have a heart for his house. And I believe you do. And when it comes to heart for the house, it's all about taking what we have and pouring it into others. Generosity then becomes our privilege. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 13, when we're generous, people are drawn to Jesus and they respond to the gospel. The reason generosity draws people to Jesus is because generosity is one of the greatest pictures of God's heart. God is the most generous being in the universe for God so loved the world that he gave. This means that when you give, you're directly involved in leading people into a life changing relationship with Jesus. When you take what you have in your house like that widow did and start pouring it into other vessels, we have empty vessels that are orphans and empty vessels that are widows and empty vessels that can't read. So we got to get audio Bibles into their hands. There's so many people that are empty and God's given each of us something in our house to pour into others. Heart for the house allows you and me the opportunity to go above and beyond our regular tithes, our regular giving and invest and pour our oil into other people. Wow, the potential for the year to come, the potential, the harvest that comes to you, how the oil keeps continuing in your life as you keep pouring. Heart for the House is all about the story that God's writing in your house and in our house as a church family. And it's just getting started. I want to ask you to take what you have in your house today and I want to ask you to pour into the empty vessels that this church and ministry is reaching in the toughest communities, in the hardest, toughest, poorest countries in this world. And you're going when we're going. We're going together. I want you to partner with me. I want to get people the gospel that have never heard about the unending, inexhaustible love of God that he wants to show and reveal to this broken world. We have an opportunity to give now. We have the opportunity to pour. Remember, as she kept pouring into empty vessels, the oil continued. When she stopped pouring, there were no more vessels or there was no more oil. When there weren't any more vessels, there was no more oil. As long as there are people that are hurting and suffering, we're going to keep pouring into them. And I need your help and I want your help and I want to ask you, what do you need? It's found in what you have as you start pouring it in, as pouring it in to the gospel and pouring it in to your church vision. Would you give right now? There are several ways on the screen that you can do that. Would you give your best gift? Take what's precious to you. Take what's valuable to you. Take something that you have. We don't we can't give according to what we don't have. We can only give based on what we do have. So take something that you have. Maybe you can sell something and give it. Maybe you can give stocks or uh, something that you already have as, as an investment or give by way of text to give or all the different ways you can give online. You can see it on your screen, but be creative. You can do anything. You can give by selling something and pouring it in. I'm just telling you, nobody should feel pressure to give, but I want you to see that the oil continues in your life as you continue pouring into others. 
Take a moment and do that. Let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, thank you for each person pouring into others right now in this heart for the house offering in this special moment as we give. I'm asking you to pour mightily through them and intensify and increase the oil and the and the power that is flowing through their lives and the blessing that is flowing through their lives. Thank you that we're blessed to be a blessing and every person can be a blessing now. And Lord, bless them back. Bless them so good that they have no other explanation except God is so good and so generous in Jesus name. Amen. Well, thank you for your giving. If you've never received Jesus into your life as your savior, would you reach out to me? There should be a link on your screen at lifechangerschurch.com slash salvation. I have a free book to give you. It's called The Power of a New Life. It tells you all about receiving Jesus and what the miracle is that God wants to do in your life. If you want to be sure you're going to heaven when you die, all you got to do is say, Jesus, come into my life. I believe you died for me. I believe you rose from the dead. If you prayed that or you wanted to pray that, reach out to me and get that free resource and make sure to let me know that you prayed that prayer today. Also, you can give throughout this week. If you weren't able to give right now in this moment, give to later today or give tomorrow and it'll you'll still have opportunity to do that. And we welcome that. I love you guys. I'm here for you and I can't wait to see you at our next service. God bless.